Did you know William Shakespeare like Kanye West? Hello and welcome to the Downloadable Concept Podcast. She's finally back to kick some tail. It's Fox Lee. <laughs> uh, this week celebrating the eternal life of my lord and savior who died but came back to life to save us all, Amaterasu! And his coconut gun can fire in spurts. It's Talon Lee. I, too, am celebrating that one great person who died and returned to life to save us all. Hail Goku! And I'm the first member of the DLC crew, Jim Rich. And we have a guest. Uh, he's the co-host of the only anime podcast on the internet, Future Friend. So does that mean I have a funny face now, Jap? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Fuck. Probably. I mean, statistically, yeah. I was led to believe it was a bulldog. Yeah, I thought that's why we had Furry Friend on today. Uh, don't fuck you! So, because we're really boring, hey Fox, what have you been playing lately? <laughs> Singing it too! I finished my game jam, now I get to play JRPGs for hours on end. Woo! Oh, oh what you been playing? I've pretty much been playing The Secret World and doing classwork. Hey Jeb, what have you been playing? <laughs> I've been playing Diablo 3. What? I? <laughs> good choice, good choice. Sorry, I, I, you genuinely blind? I thought that was a setup for a joke. No, <laughs> I've been playing happen? Diablo 3. It was. I picked it up on uh, Xbox One, and it ro- operates surprisingly well with a controller. Yeah. This is oh. weird. Nah, it makes sense. It's. Well, normally, like, the Diablo style games are really button heavy. And this one just seems to work really smoothly. Which is nice, because I can hit things with a hammer. <laughs> What's playing? He said Diablo. Like which club? Fuck off. <laughs> uh, Crusader, which I think was added in the expansion. Oh yeah, never heard of it. Yeah, I, which I is think basically a paladin. Yeah, that's the one who can get shields and shit, right? Yeah, and just kind of runs in and hits everything. And somehow, after only a few levels, I have an attack that is ranged, hits multiple targets, and explodes. Yeah, that's Diablo three. <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> ranged hits multiple targets and explodes is my OK Cupid profile. <laughs> I mean, you still didn't pick the best class, the one that just throws faces full of spiders at people for no reason. Hey, what? As an Australian, throwing jars full of spiders at people is part of my proud cultural heritage. I thought you were going to say it was a war crime. <laughs> Please do not appropriate the Australian culture. <laughs> Why do you think no one wants to invade here? We have an infinite supply of spiders. You have exploding trees. This is also my OKCupid profile name. (laughs) Spiders pretty much your only natural resources. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we sell them to China mostly. (laughs) But there's been some talk lately of privatizing the uh, spider harvesting economy. We're not really sure how everything's going to go from here on out. Uh, Two girls I know were discussing how sad it is that there's such a distance between Canada and Australia because they have all their friends here and we have all these friends in Canada. One said, oh, it's just so sad. We, You know, there's all that ocean in the way. And the other one says in this really grumbly voice, it's not an ocean, it's a spider moat. It's not an ocean, it's America. <laughs> Don't I just think Spider Moat is the best name for the Pacific Ocean? <laughs> Protects the rest of us That's from fair. Australia. <laughs> However, we have a special guest here. And I do mean a special guest. So hey, future friend. Yeah. What have you been playing lately? Um um I've been playing Bloodborne. Bloodborne? Yeah. I On the sand? What? 
No, okay. Bloodbone on the sand, Blood right? Bloodbone on the sand. The 50 cent tie-in game where it's Victorian England and 50 cent is running around yeah. going expletive stall by It's all Lovecraftian and shit and the more money to get, the more you see what the world really is. Yeah, something like that, yeah. I'm sure. I've heard that's quite excellent. Yeah, I, I'm really confused though. I thought you only played rubbish games. Uh, see, I lied about that to get on this podcast. That's how desperate <laughs> I am. Aww. Aww. I feel sorry. <laughs> you can come on our podcast to just talk about games you like. You know, you don't need special qualifications. <laughs> they let me on this. Yeah, every week these motherfuckers won't let me talk about games I hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, we had to institute a policy to keep Fox from talking about games she hates. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been enjoying Bloodborne a lot, mostly because it fixed a lot of the problems I've had with Souls games. And with problems I fix, I mean, it's way faster now. Oh. Nice. Yeah, no more equipment weight. <laughs> no more equipment weight. You can just roll around. You parry people oh, by shooting them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that's what we call an Australian parry. <laughs> if it's Victorian, does it have actual firearms? Uh, yeah, there's actual firearms from the time, like blunderbusses and such. Yeah, yeah, it's sweet. Weird that they, it's weird that they call them, like, mercury bullets. I think so. What? Which is a terrifying I enough like a concept. Boss in a Souls game is that's just perfect. Listen, I, I mean, it's kind of weird already because one of the many items you can just eat up is a skull of a madman. <laughs> you just mm. stuff that shit mm. in your mm. mouth and you gain <laughs> humanity basically in that game. Book into it is a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, hmm. I am also going to break the hottest rules here and talk about another game I played recently because I heard, like, 15 minutes ago, you talked about Blood on the Sand, and I have played totally did. 50 Cent Bulletproof. So, to, to give you a bit of background, my understanding, like, I haven't played either of these 50 Cent games, mm-hmm. but apparently Blood on the Sand, whilst the framing device and everything is stuff that I don't like very much and I think it's a bit silly... Uh, the combo and combat system is apparently really quite engaging. Yeah, it's actually, like, pretty fun from what I've seen people play, but I ain't playing the good 50 cent game, I'm playing the bad 50 cent <laughs> game. <laughs> of course you are. So... Tell us about what a bad 50 cent game seems like. Alright. Bad rats. <laughs> bad sense. Alright, so... Basically, imagine a sort of cover shooter... Where the cover doesn't fucking matter, because there's only, like, walls that extend to the ceiling. (laughs) So you have to lean around. No, you can't actually do that very well, because enemies (laughs) will just walk up to you and shoot you in the face. (laughs) Also, um, just imagine a game in which at one point you get a sniper rifle, except there's no function to actually zoom in with the sniper rifle. <laughs> and then also... <laughs> the, looks like a sniper rifle. The boss of that stage, you're supposed to snipe with a zoomed-in sniper rifle, but you can't. But you don't have one. <laughs> so, so it's so it's a snipey rifle. It's a snipish rifle. Oh, yeah. you just you want the look of a sniper rifle like that, right? That's what you kids like? I mean, it's a sniper yeah, rifle. It's a sniper it's rifle. It's still like. one of the best weapons in the game because it just one-shots the shit out of these UHS punks. But it doesn't change the fact that it's still not really a sniper. Yeah, no, it's it's, a rifle. It's just a very big gun. 
A very big gun is my OK Cupid profile oh. name, ladies. <laughs> so you know how many people often make fun of how Fifty Cent Blood on the Sands like story is, right? Yeah. No. Okay. I just assumed. Yeah. Yeah. I totally do. Right. I make fun of so, it all the time. Bulletproof story is great because it's uh, about Fifty Cent trying to take revenge on uh, like the murder of a friend of his called K Doc. But it gets uh, fucking crazy, and so, like, every branch of the government is involved in this conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) To kill a hip-hop artist's friend. Yeah, and then 50 cents himself. Like, at one point, like, the main films of the game are the entire DEA. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Fucking... And and then he has, like, a a rival called Willow Pape, right? (laughs) (laughs) Do I have the wrong game? Not really. <laughs> All right. Actually, no. Apparently, Kim Kardashian's Hollywood is pretty good. <laughs> for for April first, Kim Kardashian's Hollywood released as buyable material the dress, the blue and black oh, and God, white dress. Thing. <laughs> Memes disappoint me. <laughs> that meme, especially because that's just you know people don't understand color balance. The no, meme. it's great. <laughs> Then also uh. just like turned out like somebody switched out like it was just a gif that took a long time to see the other image. I never heard mm-hmm. that. Actually, what the fuck are we talking about the dress meme? <laughs> yes, good point. Moving on. Because fuck that shit. you can't escape it. But yes, tell us more about Fifty Cent's vast conspiracy to oppose Fifty Cent. One of your informants is a hobo, and he gets shot to death. And then it turns out this hobo was actually an FBI agent was trying to find out what DEA is up to. <laughs> oh, the plot thickens! What if the... Because this when I think like investigative re- journalism, I think 50 Cent. This is like the <laughs> strangest mod for Crusader Kings. <laughs> <laughs> the character who teaches you how to just knife huge, knife huge people in the eye is some white dude who just quotes movie lines at you. <laughs> Are they at least relevant movie lines? No, they're like from the fucking 90s and 80s. <laughs> <laughs> at one point he... I kind of want this to be the next natural treasure. <laughs> Man, I would have loved if that white guy was just Nick Cage. <laughs> Not the bees. But yeah, the game is a mess, and uh, it's, it's just a super weird game because it kind of goes over everything and it kind of just makes, uh, like, the entire plot is meant to show how badass 50 Cent is, but it just makes him, like, seem like he's super unhinged. Like, at one point, he, like, fights a guy, and after dark, he starts skinning the dude. What? Yeah. Skinning them. Yeah, he just skins them to get a tattoo of their body. Ah. Okay, so... What, like you can just sort of slap it on your arm then and the, the skin will merge? Or no, he just wants to get this dude's Blood is nature's glue. So he just takes out a huge slap of his fucking meat. Oh. And then throws it at the oh. face of some handicapped man in a wheelchair. What? What? What am I hearing? This is, these are the actual fans of like a level in 50 cent bulletproof. I, wow. He knows people get to see this game, right? <laughs> yeah. Is he at any point bulletproof? Um, no, because unlike Blood in the Sand, 50 Cent is a fucking weak bag of meat. And just, <laughs> like, fucking three bullets will destroy meat. him. 
I actually that, had to put that didn't the even game happen on. in real. That that's that's fewer bullets than to, uh, that than he could take in real life. Yeah, like the entire <laughs> plot, the entire plot is like fifty cents so badass. He survived nine bullets, but then you play the game and no, he just dies in a couple of shots. <laughs> I uh, uh, I could have worked with that if they had a specific number like nine, Ellie. Look, I don't want to say something that I can't take back, but it really sounds like 50 Cent is the next version <coughs> of Fred Durst. Of what? Sorry. Fred Durst. <laughs> Fred Durst. We have to explain Durst? the past to, to future Fred. Fred Durst was okay, in a band. So, so uh, way back in a period called the 1990s, there was this thing called New Metal. Oh, motherfucking like Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit, yeah. Uh, Limp Biscuit lead singer was a guy called Fred Durst who thought he was more impressive than he was in many ways Uh, and one of the things he had was he had a contract where he said he would let you use Lip Biscuit's music in a video game if he could be a playable character in that video game we're talking about the Fight Club game right not just the Fight Club game he's also in a Tony Hawk game (laughs) All right. Inexplicably, this doesn't continue on to movies, otherwise he'd be in the Digimon movie. <laughs> now, you see, I'd pay to see that. Am I going to have to explain to an eight-year-old that they watched that movie about the colloquial <laughs> term of what Limp Biscuit means? <laughs> Considering their second album was The Chocolate Starfish? Well, you see, Timmy, when grown adult man decides to just jack off on a biscuit... <laughs> I don't think I want to know anymore. <laughs> I just came here to watch the cartoon monsters. I want to go home. Can the Fe- services come, Uncle Future Friend? Future Friend, why are you in our house? <laughs> did, did I see the new Digimon having character art by the dude who did Devil Survivor's art? Yes. Hell yes. <laughs> Miss B is quietly vibrating about all now this. Now I'm going to have to watch Digimon. Apparently the original writers of Digimon are in it. He's like, oh my goodness, they'll preserve the canon. What, really? Finally. <laughs> <That's... laughs> I'd say that's not been my priority, Listen, but... It's fairly low on my list of priorities. I think yes. Digimon, the anime, went off the line just around like the fourth season. They need a hot, <laughs> gritty new reboot to make it what I, a grown adult man, wants. Now, well, you're going to talk about this on Chaco Disaster, with... right? Oh, yeah, no, like... We need to deal with the scourge of anime <laughs> as it's being marketed to children anyway. Le- like, legit, Jeff, I've just put a bunch of shit I know I will hate on my to-watch list for that podcast, and I'm legit looking forward to Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. Uh, but for what it's worth, we're, we're not an anime podcast, but we are all anime dorks here, so... Speak for yourself. Jeff's not really an anime dork, is he? No. No, Jeb is just lovely and a yeti. Possibly a yeti. See, even Possibly though I'm on an anime podcast, I, I'm a smug asshole, so I like to pretend I don't like anime. <laughs> so Wait, pretend. You ra 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 right? Pretend uh, you like... Wait, I think we have an exclusive scoop here. Future Friend actually is an anime lover. What? No, please. I will motherfucking kill you. Furry friend is not only a furry, but also a lover of the animes. For Joshi friend. Oh, For Joshi no. friend. Oh no, now I'm... I think I'm in trouble. I'm now I'm king of anime Twitter too. This is disgusting. <laughs> I don't want to keep living anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, the DLC podcast bringing you existential angst and sad furries. Apparently. 
I went dreadfully sorry about everything all the time. Which I think is the, ep- the name for this episode. <laughs> no, this is the Bad Rat Special. Yeah. I thought it was Weak Bag of Meat. <laughs> okay, um, how about we do the retro gaming news now? Yeah, let's do it. And then we can go and talk about bad games. And now it's time for retro gaming news. All the news that's fit to print for the beginning of April 2014. Brought to you by 50 Cent Bulletproof Dots, because you two are a weak bag of meat. Beginning of April 2014, just in the first few days of April, we have some interesting games that came out. Broadly speaking, not what we would consider successes, but not what we consider failures, unless you're me and a judgmental prick. So, first things first. 2014, beginning of April 2014. We have, first up, a massive multiplayer online RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online? Beginning of 2014. This is it Wildstar. Holy crap! That. Damn. Yeah, Jeb just straight in there. See, my next clue was going to be it was an 11 gigabyte game with a 29 gigabyte patch. <laughs> yeah, Elder Scrolls Online. Just, gonna... just so you know, that would take us roughly a week to download. I'm just going to quietly sit here and drink and just let that silence speak for the Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you can move my comment too. Further off to the silence, if you fancy. I'm pouring one out now for my homie, Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah. (laughs) On the one hand, I like the ambition of let's try and make the Skyrim experience something that people can collaborate in. It seems like something that would lend itself to an MMO. It has mathy, floaty, bullshit combat. And it's just (laughs) like a fuck ton of space that you can wander around in and, and, you know, emergent gameplay and all that shit. Chase butterflies. seems like it should go well with a bunch of random internet players. Wasn't one of the biggest problems, too, that essentially, like, uh, you had to subscribe at the start? Oh, yeah, it's a subscription game Mm -hmm. and a purchase game. It was a... Here in Australia, it was $110 to buy and $15 a month. Jesus fucking so the very first, your very first outlay for that game was 125 bucks. Oh, well, that's that, great. Surely it includes a month to begin with. No, not even that. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of held up as an example of extreme overpricing in Australia. And I'm pretty sure as, the Elder, as popular as like, the Elder Scrolls is, like, I don't think it has enough of a fanatical fan base of, say, Final Fantasy <laughs> yeah. to really excuse that shit. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's a lot. There's a lot. Final Fantasy did that managed to. Mm-hmm. Carry. Well, let's not talk about what Final Fantasy fourteen was like at launch because that was its own terrible. Mess. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. All right then. Next up, we have an iOS game. Hmm. Nah. Fuck. I don't know shit about iOS games. Uh. We have an iOS game that is more known for fan reactions than for the game itself. All of them. This is a Flappy game Bird? where. No. This is a game where a developer released an expansion pack. Oh, um, Monument Valley? Monument Valley, yeah. Do you want, do you want to tell Fox the story of Monument yeah, Valley, Yeah, tell me, because I've never heard of this game. Uh, Monument Valley, I, of course... Just as a warning, it. ahead of time, this story features gross nerds being gross nerds. <laughs> I don't know... Warning, I gross don't, nerds. I don't, <laughs> I don't know all the details, because I'm not too familiar with the game, because I don't... Have never owned uh, an Apple product in my life, but uh, <laughs> it's apparently a very well written game that you bought and paid full price for, and you played it on your i i device. And they later mm-hmm. released an expansion pack at also full price, uh-huh. and then nerds got upset. Wait, that's all it is? They just released an expansion, and that they charged wasn't, for it. You yes, know, a couple of bucks. Well, they released uh, an expansion no, no, that it wasn't was, free. It was, 
the the original game was four dollars. Yeah. And the expansion was two dollars. Yeah. Oh, those yeah. fuckers! And it looked like this. It was this Escher and puzzle game. Oh, that looks lovely. It's beautiful. Yeah. And people got really, really upset about this. Oh. Over six dollars total. Six fucking dollars. Yeah. Over only... six dollars for this. You'll pay like six hundred fucking dollars for that Apple device. Come on, man. And these are the same people who wonder what's gone wrong with the gaming industry. Um, the the developers of Monument Valley were very upset by all of this because they had basically been busting their butts to get this game made. Yeah. They weren't making much profit. They were kind of at the point of... Because they were charging $4 for it! Yeah, and you look at these levels. This is not a procedurally generated game. The levels aren't very sloppy or physics-based like a ton of iOS games are. And people were saying, well, I can get 100 levels on Cut the Rope for nothing. So Why go I... play that instead! Yeah, it was a really sad story of very entitled nerds. And it's just beautiful. It's a properly pretty game. From reactions I've heard about the game, if it was on Steam as a PC title for like 15 bucks, people would be certainly happy with it. Alright, now, here we have technically an expansion for an existing game. The game was kickstarted originally. The game was really successful. Procedurally generated game. Available on Steam and GOG. Also on Android, and I believe they've ported it to iOS, but it's not listed here. You lose a lot. Um, so it's a roguelike? It is a roguelike. It is not a dungeon crawler. It is not a fantasy game at all. I'm having trouble actually coming up with any... No. Um, you're, you're in the right generation of games. You're just in the wrong time of settings. Yeah, alright. Scroll it forward in time a bit, future friend. Listen, I can't discern time, okay? That's bullshit. I'm out of this context. <laughs> You're There's a, a hint in the name. You're from future. This would be the times of your people roaming around in space. Nah, space FTL? is dumb and boring. Hey, ah, there, there we you go. go. Yes, Advanced Edition oh. FTL came out a year ago today. Jesus. Wow. I didn't know they ever did an expansion. Yeah, they did. And in the expansion, they included about an extra 50% of the game's worth of content. Yes, yeah. nice. It's an enormous expansion. Has that been Did uh, they dare long? to charge $2 for it? No, they did It was free. And yeah. It was free, and they put out this article about it saying, the reason we're able to make this free is because we didn't go for a blockbuster big release up front. We just figured we would make money over time. So we are going to be continuing to polish this game for months and months and months and months. Anytime I we get an idea, we're just going to throw it in the hopper and say, well, next time we do a big release, we'll roll that out. So FTL is basically promising to be a better game the longer you keep it. <laughs> FTL is basically doing the early access model without being early access and actually being complete when it came out. They're just going, yeah, we're still working on it. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Uh, in, cool. in FTL's defense for that as well, they did have a very successful Kickstarter. So yeah, yeah, they had for sure. the funding to do yeah, that. I, okay, uh, let that not be misconstrued as developers should feel obligated to do this. People who make games should be able to make money from it unless they're just totally shit at making games. Mm -hmm. Now, this is... Is it Loom? It's not Loom. But it is a game that costs you know around 10 bucks. It's a game that came out on Steam this time last year. It came out too much fanfare. Lots of people talked about it in a very big way. Yeah. It made a ton of money, even while it was telling consumers they shouldn't buy it until it was on special. Uh, Daisy? And it got... Uh, no. But you... It, it got most of its success thanks to widely publicized Let's Plays. Hmm. Hmm. And it's not Daisy? It's not Daisy. 
Think less serious. Think more comic. Think funny to people who aren't me. To people who aren't I you. do not understand yeah. humor. Huh. <laughs> of course you don't understand humor. You do Let's Plays. <laughs> <laughs> See, that laugh clearly fake. Um, it was an ungulate-related game. Goat Simulator. Oh, God. Goat Simulator. Oh, Goat Simulator. <laughs> yeah, I don't keep up with the entire, like, YouTube LP business, so I don't know when you say uh, this is, uh, Hyper Let's Plays. Yeah. So they told people not to buy it until it was on special. It's Steam ad <laughs> That's copy. That's kind of cool. It's Steam ad copy said you can buy this for 15 bucks if you want, but really it'll probably be like 10 when it's on special. Yeah. <laughs> I've written things before about X Simulator such and such games. I did see a bear simulator, which I kind of fancied the idea of. Which is, you know, less about flinging around dead bear and more about just wandering around being bear. I like Walk bear. around, find, find some find some berries, go to sleep. Yeah. Which is basically my life. I generally life. like big hairy things, don't I? That's that's what I'm about. Well, there was... There big was hairy I like, not people. I like big hairy things. It's my OK Cupid profile name. There was... <laughs> There was a video game Big in the 90s. Big hairy things that aren't people is my OK Cupid profile name. There was a video game in the 90s that came out with the ostensible idea of being a docu-game. It very much tried to sell itself as well. Not, we're not a video game, we're a documentary that you get to interact with. Just called Wolf. <laughs> well, I have some recollection of that. Yeah, and honest to God, this game is not... Like, you'd think this would be kind of funny, dorky, cheesy, but really it's just this incredibly sincere wolf simulator where you it has marking territory uh, rules, it has tracking sense, it has hunting. It's not a particularly fun game. Like, the interface isn't very good. Yeah, yeah. But it's... I imagine the graphics weren't really up to the task at that stage either. Not really, no. No, you're looking at eight-direction isometric sprites. Isn't this... Oh, okay. Isn't this now... That could be all right. Uh, I was thinking really early first person trying to... Oh, yeah. I think I was thinking of Wolf Quest, not just a game called oh. Wolf. Ah. No, no, this is a game just called Wolf. And, I mean, Wolf wasn't amazing, but it also wasn't nearly as bad as you would expect something that calls itself, you know, a docu game. <laughs> or, you know, calling itself Wolf. Yeah, as of 1994. I would too. expect a fair amount of wank from a game just called Wolf in the 90s. Yeah, that kind of Especially sounds like... Especially if you were calling itself a docu game. That just kind of sounds wow. like it would be written by one of the uh, shittier Tom Clancy Ghost Riders. <laughs> <laughs> one of the shitty. I like well, that you specify. Right. <laughs> yeah, so that that style of game, it's a it, it, it's an interesting thing because that's what you know. That's Bear what Goat, Simulator put that, me in mind of. That's what like, Goat Simulator isn't. Yeah, exactly. Yes, because Goat Simulator isn't even a simulator. It's more really. like Corpse Simulator. I mean. Physics simulator, because we don't have any games for that. I mean, uh, just in general, I think Goat Simulator is just fine. I've seen it a bit before. It looks fun enough. I don't have a lot of tolerance for that kind of game, but then my reaction to it is, okay, fine, I won't play it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. It never interested me very much. It looks like people had a lot of fun doing what they did with it. It's cool. For me, it was basically, it looked like a better Tony Hawk game than most of the recent Tony Hawk games, so... <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, with with the um, with the simulator thing, that you know, how about I instead of trying to state Jeb's point, I just ask Jeb to at least encapsulate <laughs> your view on the whole simulator thing because it, it, it it's a term that's very, become very loaded. Well, uh, 
the 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 thing is a lot of uh a lot of simulators that you can find now thanks to uh thanks to the the glorious gradual opening of steam as a marketplace you have your your rock simulator and your tree simulator and your uh, there's probably a grass Ross. simulator on there. Yeah, grass simulator came out of early access this week. There you go. <laughs> Meanwhile, there, there, there is such a thing as a niche market and things like Euro Truck Simulator and uh, agriculture. Was it agriculture or farming simulator is the good one? Uh, farming simulator was the one I thought was the good one. <laughs> I don't know, but if I can enjoy playing fa- playing Harvest Moon, I don't see why other people shouldn't be able to enjoy playing farm simulators. Well, that, that, that's the thing, though. You have these niche markets that these these things like like Euro Truck Simulator 2, like Farming Simulator, I'd imagine Car Mechanic Simulator might okay. simula- might uh, <laughs> fill about, that void. That I don't know. That sounds kind of fun, actually. Talking about Farming Simulators, let me tell you one of my favorite things about like Farming Simulator. So, mm. okay, you know how it's made by this German company, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do now. And one of my favorite things is that there's another German uh, company out there, because the simulator market is fucking huge in Germany, apparently, who just makes yeah. rip-off games of, like, Farming <laughs> Simulator's company. Like, for example, so for Farming Simulator 2014, you have Agricultural Simulator 2014 for fucking... Why well, I said so there's a like good a, one and a, a bad one, yeah. for simulator games. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And it's fucking great because it even goes into the super niche, like that one simulator game that uh, is just a fucking like simulated game about owning a ski lodge that has a fucking knockoff too. <laughs> well, yeah, there's nothing that won't get knocked off by people who have noticed that it's popular. Yeah, right. So... And these and these these games, these niche games, a lot of them actually have substance to them to appeal to their niche market mm-hmm. and they have a place and they belong and I don't think it's <clears throat> I don't think it's necessarily fair to be making fun of them with your rock simulators and your tree simulators just because you see something that's X simulator such and such a year doesn't mean that it's a cheap cash in. Yeah, like yeah. one of the things about rock simulator for me and such is that it kind of feels like a joke made a person who has seen the joke, but doesn't quite understand, like, the con- the context <laughs> of why it's funny. Yeah, so someone like you who does not actually understand the concept of humor... Yeah. ...trying to tell a joke. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. No, I... But it's like someone I, I... saw a goat simulator and didn't figure out why people like that game so much, and thought, oh, they're making a joke about simulators, and not the fact that goat simulator is also just fucking wacky and fun. Yeah, it, it um... This is the thing that got on my mind about Goat Simulator, in that it is sort of... Uh, Jim Sterling has referred to this as PewDiePie, where small indie developers recognize the media push of characters like PewDiePie, mm-hmm. and so they want to make a game that more than it will be fun, it will make a funny video. And therefore, they make sure that they try and make these games kind of emergent and wacky and weird and random and memed (laughs) and try and put those in the path of popular Let's Players. Mm -hmm. Which is an interesting thing in that it's it's a sort of a... You you mentioned niche markets. You probably have a made-up marketing word for this, don't you? No, no, I don't. I do not. (laughs) Well, go on, you've still got time. No, I, I don't make these words up. I learned them from... I know, I'm saying take take the concept to your class and see what the made-up marketing word for it is. Oh, God. <laughs> but... They'll have one. They you prob- know they'll have one. After, after being called a predator in class the other day, 
<laughs> You're a predator? That's oh. cool. It's for producer slash editor. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's for when they expect journalists I thought it was prof- to do their... I thought it was professional editor. Well, that would probably be more of a useful term. I thought it was predatory editor. But yeah, I got called a predator by a teacher, and it's like, that's a creepy phrase. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's bad in so many ways. But the, the notion of these simulator games as being inherently funny is... So you get these knockoff awful ones, which are, on the one hand, trying to make a meme joke fundamental to their idea. You know, the start of the game is, before you even played the game, you have the joke of, it's a simulator X year Y. And they're trying to make these games targeted at media personalities, and they're trying to make these games successful on the basis of this whole attention economy thing. Which means that you have this niche game niche game type of the simulator... And growing out of that, but with almost nothing in common with it, you have another subtype of simulator, which is mostly about media spectacle. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just really kind of sad and gross. And it's those so, spectacle simulators that are that get the, mo- the the majority of the attention. Like I will, I will constantly remind people, Euro Truck Simulator Two is one of the most fun games I have ever played. I am amazed by Euro Truck Simulator. When you brought it up, I realized that I actually wasn't thinking of those simulators where you do shit. When yeah. I was talking you about thinking- simulators, and you said, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, those are simulators too, right? The ones where the point is that you simulate doing an activity rather than, you know, rocks or trees or physics shenanigans. Consider that Transport Tycoon is one of those games that gamers of my age bracket, if they have any opinion on it at all, it will usually be a really, really positive one. Transport Tycoon is a simulator. It has no win state. It has no end state. It will just keep going and going and going and going. Well, that that whole school of tycoon things and and theme whatevers and... I can't say for sure that all of them didn't have that, but yeah, they were basically simulations. Yeah. Uh, But future friends... Here's my big question, actually. Where the hell did those tycoon games go? Like, around, like, the mid-2000s, like, every fucking three months there was another, like, game title tycoon something. And nowadays... Do they not... You don't really see that anymore. Do they not still make them? I swear I still see them things sometimes. Like, well, game dev in that sort of casual game ago. shelf area. They've like, kind of been seriously anymore. They've kind of been shuffled off towards the casual games that no one takes seriously. Yeah. Like, and which are, you know, we're sitting here talking about niche game markets, but if we're talking about uh, the amount of people who actually play games, we're all probably niche gamers, really. Yeah. <laughs> Though uh, I um, I think that a humble bundle recently came came out with both Zoo and Farm Tycoon in it. So that was kind of nice. Um, I sorry, Jeb, you were saying something. I, I was just saying, like, uh, Game Dev Tycoon came out a couple right. years ago. Oh, that oh, one, yeah. yeah. And uh, Zoo Tycoon came out on was a launch title for the Xbox One, and it came out to some pretty positive reviews. Mm-hmm. The my favorite detail about Game Dev Tycoon is the anti-piracy measure. <laughs> it's Ooh. the reason I bought it. <laughs> it's such an amazing idea. It's um, hey, Jeb, you say Zoo Tycoon on Xbox One. Does that use Connect controls at all? I don't know because I don't have a connect. Ah, okay. It does actually strike me that sim games would be an interesting kind of place to use that sort of interface. I, I'm not really interested in in controller alternative interfaces for most genres. I, I'm still cross at them for Stick Waggly Zelda, even though I still enjoyed it a fair bit. But, uh, you know, that does sound like a place where you could get really interesting results out of... Uh, Connect style interface. If I have a Connect style Zoo Tycoon game, 
and I can't pat the tigers, I'm <laughs> going to be pissed. Do not worry. He can pat the tigers. Woohoo! Sweet. There's, it just seems like such an obvious extension. There is only one Connect uh, game I ever really got into, and that was Gunstringer. And on the, on That's the, original, the puppet one, on the, right? Yeah, on the Xbox 360 where you control a gunslinging yeah. puppet. <laughs> that is a great concept. I, you know, I, I will always be in this spot of never being able to talk about Xbox games effectively because that's sort of the one console line I will never have enough interest in, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the occasional idea like that does make me excited. I just love that conceptually. Yeah, um, this is ju- just because we're currently talking about Tycoon games and not talking about Let's Play as a, <laughs> as a marketing vector. Does anyone remember a game called Dino Park Tycoon? I'm afraid not. No. Only but this by sounds name. good. <laughs> Okay, so... Is it like Jurassic Park crossed with a uh, theme park Whoa. kind of thing, or crossed with Zoo Tycoon kind of thing? Hold on, Don't forget there was a Jurassic Park game that was just a Zoo Tycoon game. Oh, yeah, was there? but this was much later. I only saw the awful platformy one. Dino Park Tycoon so- is from 1993. Wow. Alright, and this is a game where you build a zoo, and you fill it with dinosaurs, and bigger and better dinosaurs cost more, and you have to raise them, and there are auctions... And you have to hire staff. It's just a tycoon game. That's Excuse all it me, is. Excuse me, how are bigger dinosaurs better? And Kylosaurus is the best dinosaur ever. <laughs> and Kylosaurus was huge. Yeah, but there were definitely bigger ones. Okay, yes, but you, don't, 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 uh... This is just me and Blunt Force Trauma again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the, the dinosaur that is basically an armoured tank with a club. <laughs> <laughs> I like big, big fuck-off hammers, we've discussed this before. <laughs> yeah, it's just a really interesting um, kind of game that, you know, it was, it was just a tycoon game, but it was a tycoon game that decided to make everything about dinosaurs and have, like, a, a book's worth of stuff. <laughs> Did you have this game? You would have loved this game. I had this game. Right. Good I, stuff. I was terrible at this type of game because at this, at this point I'm an age where I don't know what a loan is. I don't know ah. what, what interest is or how to manage money at all. I just knew there was stuff and you could buy it. I mean, I'm 20 but, years old and I don't understand that either. I'm in the red. I'm just in debt. I'm losing my house. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be serious, we still don't really understand it because we've never had the kind of finances to have to deal with that yeah. sort of thing. I'm just going to share a picture from Dino Park Tycoon. Again, <laughs> this game is from 1993. See if you can notice what's stuck in my head. Oh, dude! Oh, I've seen this game, actually, I think. Yeah. So the the thing that's stuck in your head, that would be the, the dinosaur bill, right? Yep. That would be the dinosaur in a little founding father's wig up there. <laughs> when you go to various locations... Yes. There are ambient details, because this is the era when screens needed screensavers. So there are things that keep the screen refreshing. For example, at the diner, there's a fly that flies around. Mm -hmm. If the fly lands on the bill, that dinosaur eats it. Of course. (laughs) Of course. But just as another minor detail, now I look at it, the tour guide and management positions aren't white people, and there are two women on this job. That's kind of cool. Out of six humans. Okay, yeah. so quick question. Where's the guy or lady who scoops up the dinosaur poop? Maintenance, wouldn't it? That, I'm pretty sure that's maintenance, yeah. If, if, my, you don't have, if yeah. my lessons yeah. from uh, Theme Park have taught me anything, it's the maintenance people who handle the toiletries. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was just an interesting little thing. But so that's gonna be the, that's gonna be the first DLC uh, uh, LP, right? 
<laughs> we could totally do that. I I mean, you know, it's a tiny little game. I'm rubbish at it, but yeah. Um, Kickstarter like backer reward. Kickstarter yeah, tier. Like magnet. Yeah. <laughs> private access to the video of Talon being awful at Dino Park Tycoon. Listen, that's why you gotta practice for six months. That's how the true LP lifestyle is. Yes. Well, that's the thing. We have ourselves a expert LP. We have a connoisseur of crap. We have a <laughs> producage front end of poop. We have future friend SA. Yeah. Who is the one responsible for Bad Rats Let's Play? At last check, the first one that ever got done. Uh, I think so. Maybe. I don't know. That's been like a year and a half ago, right? It was a while ago. It was. So the name is Future Friend because you've come back from the dystopia created by the propagation of bad rats? I'm basically... Come back from the future, like, not more than us all. No, I'm basically the dictator in this uh, team. <laughs> I'm going to start a new bad rats related society. It's going to be great. You've, you've got to be really worried about those potential Dutch dictators. <laughs> in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only bad rats and bad physics. <laughs> The tulip fields that reach for miles, disturbed only by rats falling irregularly backwards into the footage. <laughs> but yeah, so why not tell us a little bit about what got you to actually do this thing? Why? Why would you... <laughs> why did you think... Why? Just why? Um, alright, so essentially for me it was, I, want, I had some friends, I wanted to break into the hot LP scene, I had a guy who knew how to code, and I was like, you know what, this fucking game I play like nearly every year... I'm gonna fucking LP it, because I, I know enough of it that it wouldn't be the most terrible thing to look at. Right, so you took some practice at it. You didn't just jump into the game first time. Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. Listen, if there's one thing that a fucked up human being like me is, I am at least proud enough to not fucking, like, make my viewers just stomach me doing shit blindly all the time. Right. So, you would say, as a Let's Player, some level of familiarity with the product is good. Like, blind plays... Do, like, do you feel blind plays have their place, or...? Um, I feel blind plays have their place, but it depends on if, A, the game itself does not have confusing map layouts, so no shit like first-person shooters and such, and B, if the LPR in general, like, has a good sense of direction. I don't, so I practice that shit. <laughs> okay direction or or at least a sense of humor and or some way to engage mm -hmm. enough to to be interesting in case they get lost yes yeah so i'm learning a lot about why i shouldn't do lps <laughs> no well th there are a whole bunch of different types of let's plays that are being done and unfortunately the language we have for it is kind of just forming very organically and kind of awfully in that you do have these guys who are effect and i and i say guys in this case because all the ones i can think of are men mm -hmm. who are kind of these media front ends who are effectively monetizing advertising, getting free copies of games because the developers want them to review their stuff. And you get media... Yeah, well, you've got guys like PewDiePie, and I'm only going to cite PewDiePie because he seems to at least be a less awful human than some of the other ones. Um, and okay, has like, let me legit here. Well, I don't like his stuff. Markiplier's legit, from what I heard, a XE cool dude, and PewDiePie is kind of a shit. So, yeah. I do know about that. Well, the, the, the line I heard of it is that PewDiePie makes 
uh, rape jokes, but has phased them out as a marketing thing. He put them back in. Like, well, I make more money if I don't, so... He put them back in, so nah. Oh, classy. Yeah, no, uh, anyway. as far as I know, Markiplier hasn't done that thing because he's just PewDiePie for kids. Yeah, um, and, and this, the sad thing is almost all of these people you can point to who are, you know, making money off this stuff are probably some degree of awful. Yeah. It's really just a sad facet of it. There's also the archival Let's Plays, mm-hmm. like where you just, no one talking, just a very direct linear playthrough of the game from start to finish. Um, those are generally long, called long plays. Yeah. Oh, so they're you know, long, play, yeah, long plays. Yeah, those are long plays. You, you have, um, I don't know if anyone else is doing this, but I know that there's a style they call Let's Drown Out, which is playing a game that has a fairly uncommentary driven, like you know, a game like Quake 2, where there's not a lot to talk about the game, it's just the experience of watching the game, and then two people effectively having a podcast over the game. Um, I've seen that done a ton before, oh, excuse me, I've seen that done a ton before uh, Yahtzee did it, and it's more just yep. generally referred to as uh, podcast let's play, or pop play. For those right, yep. hip and cool youngsters. <laughs> of which our audience is probably not one, but then again, our audience is probably one person. <laughs> um, um, you also have examples like Lee Alexander's... I, I, she calls them lo-fi Let's Plays. I almost want to call them meditative work. They're very much about using the game and her voice and her narrative to create this sort of artistic experience. I know that might sound a little... Pretentious? Proofy. Yeah, it might sound pretentious, but I find them very comforting and enjoyable, so I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to make it sound bad, but it, <laughs> what, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and then you have examples of things like bad, bad Rats, The Killing Grounds, The Blood Lake, these awful games mm-hmm. which are getting put out there and put on some sort of legitimate front end, and then they're getting Let's Played almost as an act of will. Um, I suppose, I think you are kind of like mostly, uh, also not really mentioning the Let's Plays, which are more just done as a hobby thing than any of those. Yeah, you're right. You're right, I completely blanked on yeah. that. Yeah. You know, people doing things for fun. Holy crap. Holy shit, this <laughs> is the, oh, what? <laughs> fun isn't allowed on I'm this a- podcast. I I used the word producage in this podcast already. I clearly don't know anything about fun. <laughs> but well, there's yeah. also uh, informative Let's Plays, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah? even most of these informative Let's Plays, I think, are mostly just done as a hobby thing, so I guess they could be classified, since I think mm-hmm. what Talon is going more for is, like, kind of the culture behind it, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I mean, you have a claim to fame in the in that particular sphere. It doesn't necessarily get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't imagine if I go to Let's Players and say, "Oh yes," if I say to my class, "Fujoshi friend SA, who is the first Bad Rats Let's Player of any significant note in historical references," well, uh... I, I can't cite you in an essay, though I'm going to totally try. Uh, these these elements uh, for you, it was a matter of uh, community and fun, right? Um, uh, for me, it was mostly just a hobby thing. Yeah. And I guess yeah. also, like, seeing what other people, uh, total strangers in this case, like, have to react to this game. Yeah. Because, like... Yeah, you've uh, got quite a lot of people involved in a very short Let's Play. Yeah. Like, to be honest, like, as much as I can say otherwise, um, even, like, hobby shit like this, a lot of it is done for attention, basically. So, uh, yeah, that was also just kind of a thing I was, like, wondering at, if people would like my shit... 
Yeah. Sorry, I've gone very quiet, but I feel I don't have too much that's useful to say, and this is pretty interesting. <laughs> no, it, it, um, it ha- well, this, this big organic culture of Let's Play is, it's nice in that there wasn't really any kind of academic structure or any kind of corporate overseeing body, aside from just YouTube's natural incentive system of get views, get reaction, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but broadly speaking, there wasn't anyone trying to shape this culture as it happened. No. So we now have this weird symbiosis between certain types of game devs, especially game devs who can be the most impacted by Let's Play behavior, mm-hmm. and Let's Players. Where I, I I don't remember who it was, if it was... It might have been Future Friend, it might have been Tauk, but I remember someone talking very dismissively of games being developed that were trying to manipulate Let's Players. Um, well, you were just a while ago. Well, I know. I, I I want to say that I got that idea from someone else. That, but I can't be sure. Was not me, since in general I do not often talk about the whole uh, let's play culture because it's kind of a huge sprawling mess, and I wouldn't even call it much of a culture because <laughs> there's so many communities. <laughs> Unless you're talking about it. bacteria. What? Unless you're talking about bacteria. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, it's organic. It causes occasional diseases. Yeah. <laughs> You know, sooner or later, uh, academic research is going to have to come up with a good way to cite sources like this, because we're only going to get more of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's part of what my course on digital game culture is doing. One, oh, of yeah, our, one of our course assignments was make a Let's Play. Well, yeah, but making one is a different thing. Like, you know, they have citation guidelines for how to cite a website oh, or a yeah. journal article. Or we have, we have guidelines now for citing a YouTube Nice. Uh, video. It's a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, I don't know if you've ever done academic citation, but the academic citation for a tweet is brilliant. Oh, God, I hate citation. The inline it's... citation is just name, comma, date, and the outline citation, like the, the end note or the footnote, is the whole tweet. So, why not? So, oh. what you're going to say is, I'm going to fucking go into college and just start doing all my essays and drill. <laughs> In all seriousness, in my last class, in my last class that I just attended, like day before yesterday, we had a woman who was a PhD student citing individual tweets in a presentation as academic sources. Huh. All right. If you wanted to go into media studies and, for example, study, say, emergent absurdist humor, <laughs> you would definitely do an essay on drill. God damn, there's a fucking study for everything now, isn't there? <laughs> this, this is something that... Well, that's good. We should analyze things. I know... I, I don't want to sound like I'm preaching to you here, but I am a big advocate for taking the things you love seriously. If you unironically love bad rats, <laughs> then that's freaking awesome. I would love to hear you talk about well, that. That's why we wanted you on here. This is the kind of stuff that media studies and, mm-hmm. indeed, journalism and this culture we have of these unexamined, unconsidered ideas really wants and needs, to my opinion. Yeah. So please, tell me what you love about Bad Rats. Um, I precisely love Bad Rats because it's one of those rare, just absolutely terrible games, which at the same time manages to still be entertaining to look at the entire way through, because... It is a very short game, but like with nearly everything it introduces, it introduces more surprises to it. Like it, it, a bit like an explosion. A bit like an explosion, <laughs> basically, yeah. But yeah, like for uh, 
like, one of the things also about it is that, like, when I was doing the Let's Play and I had, like, a uh, decoder person, uh, like, working on it, I found that just all this weird fucking stuff about it. Like, for example, that for some reason, you could just press, like, page down and just, like, zoom all the way out of the playfield and just there in the corner was just a monkey's paw wiggling for no reason. <laughs> The question then is, is that an Easter egg, or did that get left there because someone forgot to clean up a level design? Yeah, probably yeah, that's fun. got left there, since there is probably no way game. <laughs> you should actually be able to zoom out of the playfield. <laughs> it's just there. Because it's supposed to be a 2D game? <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be a 2D game, is... but it has a fucking like 3D axis. So sometimes the ball will just go into the screen itself if it wants to. Speaking this of which, why, speaking of which, why don't you describe to our listeners who might happen to be unfamiliar with Bad Rats what is Bad Rats? All right. So essentially, hang on. We have a listener who's unfamiliar with Bad Rats. We talk about it every week. Yes, but <laughs> we could have new listeners. That's true. About... We're gonna have we're gonna have all the Choco disaster crossover bumping. <laughs> Please, while I'm talking about Bad Rats, imagine I'm talking about anime also. <laughs> well, the Bad Rats anime is probably going to be pretty successful. All right. Anyway. So essentially... I would watch it. The entire concept of Bad Rats is that, uh, imagine the incredible machine. But the whole uh, art style we're trying to do is like that weird 90s, like, edgy comic shit. You know, there's like a ton of, like, gory shit and such. Even though it's fucking <laughs> cartoon animals in it. And at the same time, it also being so poorly fucking coded that the physics are completely random. So, essentially, you have a puzzle genre, which is supposed to be about static physics that just completely fucks up at every turn. Covered in 90s gross out here. Yeah. And also <laughs> casual racism. Oh, wonderful. Kind of reminds me of a Ren and Stimpy-fied version of The Incredible Machine. <laughs> that was the that was the read I got off it, made with, like, 1996 era 3D rendered graphics. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, though, Ren and Stimpy legit kind of has a charm to it. Bad Rats yeah. is just... It's just fucking <laughs> weird, because there is just... You wouldn't expect... Yeah. Oops, sorry. No, go on. You go on. <laughs> You wouldn't expect Ren and Snoopy to be badly made. Even if you don't fancy yeah. it, it's not your kind of humor, it's not your kind of art. Mm -hmm. uh, you wouldn't look at it and go, this is just colossally badly done. Yeah, whereas upon Bad Rats is just, it, it's an entire mess. Mostly from both <laughs> a design and coding standpoint, uh, like, uh, we found out, like, upon uh, looking at the game's code, apparently was designed to have completely random physics. This was not just a code fuck-up. <laughs> it's just purposeful? Yeah, it was purposeful. Like, uh, there were, like, something <laughs> like fucking 80 instances of the word random put in it. <laughs> this is almost anthropological. This, this, this is almost archaeological <laughs> at this point, where you are literally trying to delve into effectively a thing that is dead. Like, the, the creator of this game is alive, and you can talk to them, but their mind state when this game got made, what they had in mind, what they were intending, that's gone. Okay. This is Tommy Wiseau-like. Yeah. It's probably the best way to actually describe Bad Rats. It's pretty popular, at least as far as, you know, shitty, like, Steam games go. It's, uh... <laughs> it has the a world's best Steam gift for it. Yeah, it's the world's, the world's best Steam gift. 
Yeah. But <laughs> on the other hand, though, there was also, like, just this weird fucking undercurrent with it, which actually kind of makes me, like, curious about, like, what the fuck this developer did and, like, what their life was like, just like the room. Yeah. How, how did this get made yeah. the way it got made? There what is a, makes there you think? Right. Random physics, that sounds so fun. Here's, there has to be a story behind. Here's the punchline to Bad Red's random physics, though. You know what other game the Bad Red's creators have made? Mm-hmm. A bridge-building simulator. I think I've seen this. <laughs> Wait, uh, with the same kind of physics, or this... as in they actually did real physics uh, in a different game? Realist physics? It doesn't really work in any fucking way. Right. Of course not. But yeah. Why would you keep making physics games? If you don't know what physics are. I don't know. Is this just that that's what Unity's good for kind of thing? I I guess, maybe. I don't even know what was coded in Unity, per se. Because I think Unity... Yeah, sorry, I shouldn't assume that. Because I think (laughs) Unity, like, at least is smart enough that, uh, like, your fucking loading screen isn't just, like... A fucking, uh, I think it's just a dot gif, the loading screen of Bad Rats. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I just assume Unity every time I hear about something that's uh, a 2D game done in 3D. You know, the sort of thing we're talking about, like it's a, everything's modeled and there's technically a 3D axis, but it's a 2D perspective game, 2D gameplay. Hmm. Well, Unity only very recently introduced the way to force a 2D axis. Well, not not so much that, I don't think. If I understand it correctly, that you could always force the 2D axis. Yeah. Uh, actually, one of the game jams I was in, uh, we did exactly that for one of our games. Yeah, what it has... And then... Go ahead. Uh, about a year after that point, they actually had, like, a designed for 2D version, mm-hmm. or a designed for 2D option, mm-hmm. yeah, ac- or whatever. Yeah, actual functions and tools for making your Unity yeah. project in 2D. Yeah, so you didn't have to fake it anymore at that point. Whereas before that, it was like, yeah, we'll just make a 3D model that's, uh, you know, a, a flat plane and then paste uh, an image onto it. It's a sprite. All this work to make some technology that we had running pretty well in 1992. Yep. <laughs> pretty well. Still, you know, not like, not like 1992 was perfect. That was the year of... No. No, actually, I'm not going to try and quote years. Well, 92 is going a little further back, but, you know, as I said before, I've been playing Suicide 2 again. Listen, and that's from 1998, not... and that is one of the best-looking 2D games ever made, it's still. 92 really had its problems as a year, but I really think we hit it out of the park with 93. <laughs> <laughs> What? What's the joke here? What happened in 93? I don't think there is one. I think Future Friends just being random. What? No. I... You don't think there was a 1993? No. no I, there I'm, was a pretty I'm pretty sure there was a 1993. No, I, 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 I was around then. I'm pretty sure there wasn't a 1993. I'm no. fairly sure we skipped a 1994. There was. It probably had a Sonic game in it. So we really should have skipped it. No, I'm no, saying... No, because back then Sonic games were good. 1993 well, back then was Sonic the most games games. No, perfect year. <laughs> I'm a 93 kid myself, and it was so great. I love it. <laughs> you liked being bored. <sighs> but yeah. There must have been a Sonic game. There must have been a Sonic Was that the year SBO happened? <laughs> uh, I, I think Chaotix may have been slightly later. Uh, I shouldn't fake like I know this. Mm-hmm. My dates get a bit vague around that period. To be fair, your dates get vague, period. I know there is a Sonic which gets attributed to the 80s if you don't live on Australia and to the 90s if you do, so I assume that was an 89 game in Japan and America. Chaotix was 1995. 95. Okay, it was a bit later. Hey, I still know what I'm talking about. We need to go to the timeline of... We need to go to the Wikipedia page list of Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> video games. Oh, that 32X sidebar still makes me so- 1993 is the 1993 is the year that gave us Sonic the Hedgehog, 
Saturday morning. Okay. Which, as we all know, which we all know, is the the greatest Sonic the Hedgehog product ever released. Yeah. Up until it Sonic Boom. Is. I have to fight that um, only because the tails in the Saturday and Sonic cartoon was shit. Listen, I'm gonna have to fight that. I'm gonna have to fight all of you with this because Sonic Underground is the most amazing piece of media to be <laughs> ever made. It has three hedgehogs, all of them voiced by Jaleel White. Oh, including the, the girl. Even the girl. Yeah, including yep. the girl uh. hedgehog. Which really is a testament to how well, uh, how skilled Jaleel White no, is. No, it's not. No. He just sounds like the other two hedgehogs. He just sounds like he took a bunch of fucking helium. <laughs> but it's great too, because despite the fact that all three hedgehogs are voiced by Jaleel White as Sonic on the ground, when they sing, they have a different voice actor for each hedgehog. So what's the point? I want to know. I want to know what the fuck went on with the Sonic cartoons that they had. Those three different ones made by three different companies uh, with three different, completely different continuities, completely different styles. And they all had Jaleel White as Sonic. <laughs> Every one of them. Was this like Fred Durst? I, I don't know. I just know that at some point they decided Sonic has to sound like that guy. Have you ever seen Fred Durst and Jaleel White in the same room at the same time? <laughs> Think about it. But, no, but but there's Fred no Durst, Limp Biscuit on the Sonic the Hedgehog soundtracks. But no, Fred Durst is too white. I'm sorry, I can't make that joke. <laughs> you Fred think Durst... Sonic isn't pretty white? Oh yeah, Sonic is Jaleel White is. Black. I would. I know. I would. But Sonic is not. Listen, yeah, no, the... we all know the only canonically <laughs> black character in the Sonic franchise is Knuckles. That is not a joke, by the way. Knuckles is canonically black. <laughs> I, I, I thought, thought he was red. <laughs> Knuckles is canonically no, Australian. No, Knuckles is canonically a black Jamaican man. I'm not making this up. Because of all the hedgehogs is in Jamaica. He's an echidna, Alan. He's an echidna. Good Christ. It was funny in the comics when they tried to sort of make that make sense and went like, oh, the, the Australian type animals are going to come from Knuckles' homeland, except for the ones we made here who don't. Okay, let, and... I mean, talking about this. Let's pretend we have a functional continuity. Yeah, let's oh, pretend fuck. we, let's right. not talk about Sonic the comic now, that's going a bridge too far. <laughs> yeah, unless we actually do a Sonic the Hedgehog special. I mean, <laughs> we totally have enough, I, uh, well, uh, enough experience to I would be, uh, well, we have... We have a published member of the Sonic fandom <laughs> hey, listen, in the room. <laughs> listen, I would totally be down for that special, if only so I can shit talk hand panders. <laughs> You're in. <laughs> <laughs> the, it won't be the Sonic Hedgehog special, it will be the shit talking Ken Panders special. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, okay. We have one last question from our audience mm-hmm. before we wrap this up. We have an audience question? We have an audience question. How did we get an audience question? our very special guest. All right. So, if Wario were a bad rat, <laughs> which bad rat would he be? <laughs> I believe this one goes to Fujoshi Furry, SA. But why do you keep doing this to me? I refuse this question. Treat me with some goddamn respect, man. Doesn't it follow naturally that he would actually be a dabtar? Okay, um... That that one took a moment. That's hmm. that's because hmm. it wasn't very funny. That's like a really good Christmas cracker joke. That was I, I'm impressed. Oh, that that is a sick burn, Alan <laughs> Lee. Don't say that to me. Hmm. All right, let's think about Wario if he were a bad rat. 
Are the bad rats particularly libertarian? Um, Big, fat, stinky capitalist people. So fat rats, yeah. So fat rat, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, there, there it's now, done. Now, the question, <laughs> the question does open up to say, same for the rest of the main Mario cast, too. Hmm. But, <laughs> but I have it on good authority that the asker of this question is a filthy anime lover and promoter. And therefore, I think that we think that this question has been asked in bad faith. Yeah. I, I didn't realize there were distinct cast members for Bat Rats. Now I kind of want to know all their little profiles and you know which one I should date in the inevitable Otome game. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna make the Bat Rats dating sim, right? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I got the article. You got the. I'm story. gonna fight. I'm Why gonna am I friends with you. People? Listen, I'm gonna fight the first for lung rats. So I'm going to smoke like twelve cigarettes per hour now. <laughs> we're gonna have to. Tell us about the cast of Bad Rats, the the collection of the the the, the worst rats who are seeking revenge. All right, we we so, know there's Fat Rat who is fat. Yeah, no, that's his entire thing. He's just a fat piece of shit. That's it. That's a giant his rat. character. He is just fat. He is a weight. Yeah, I feel a kinship. All right, so in a lot of ways, he is like Wario. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. All right. So then so we have... where's where's the uh, Waluigi of this setting? Um, I personally <laughs> think the uh, Waluigi of this setting would be Dozer Rat, because I could see Waluigi driving a bulldozer. <laughs> There's a rat driving a bulldozer. Okay, yeah, fair, fair enough. rat driving a fair bulldozer. Enough. And then uh, we have Lung Rat, who's just a rat who smokes. That's it. He just smokes. Just a rat who smokes. <laughs> right. I don't think we're going to be able to top just a rat who smokes. Oh, uh, very nice. Okay, no, if we are going there to... Are... Let's talk about bomb rats. <laughs> oh. Bald rat, you say? Let's talk about bomb rats. Bomb rat is a racist stereotype of a of a Muslim. Just out of no. fucking nowhere. Say what? There's just a rat there who is dressed up like a Muslim extremist stereotype with a bomb attached to him. Oh, no. God. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, different cultural values. They wouldn't necessarily have the same... Ah. I'm, I'm from Western Europe. You can't blame different cultural values. Like, there's any culture in which that's not a bit on the nose. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. I, I'm just trying to... I just don't want to sit here and go, you utter toolboxes. It might be that they're from a part of the world that doesn't have... Wait, no. Yeah, yeah global culture. Shit. <laughs> Either way, though, uh, let me see. Well, sister, uh, you've got Rocket Rat. Was a rat with a rocket attached to his uh, back? I'm, I'm, I'm sensing seeing, a seeing thing. A pattern, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, he explodes after a while. If you uh, just kind of let him be... Then you got uh, Cannon Rat, was just a rat who gets uh, put out of cannon and then just kind of like ruffles around himself. Uh, wheel Rat, who is a rat in a wheel, and then we got Batter Rat, who is just a rat with a baseball bat, and Archer Rats, Vacuum Rats. <laughs> Listen, those are all the rats. Just like there's the a lot of rats. Yeah, there's like this ten rats. This is like rats. the worst Lemmings fan game ever made. <laughs> um, excuse me, it owns? Thank you very much. <laughs> this is way too many characters for a dating sim. We're gonna have to cancel the project. Well, you can cut it. You can cut, cut it down. You can cut it down to the to the highlights. You know, <laughs> fat rat, lung rat, fat rat, and racist fat rat. rat. Well, you have to have lung rat. He's the cool. He's the bad boy. You know, he's hanging up behind the school because it's always he, set at a school. Yeah, then he's hanging up behind the school <laughs> smoking. 
We got bomb rats, the cute exchange students. Uh, what? Let me see. Uh, who else? You know, Archer Rat, the Robin Hood type, and Vacuum Rat. The rat would just Vacuum Rat is the wise janitor. Vacuum yeah. Rat is the wise janitor. <laughs> yeah, I scoop up this poop with my vacuum. Want to see it? Look, I'm going to admit I've hit a certain threshold. I have to assume at this point you're making shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you could tell me at this point, yeah, this is the bit where the Bad Rats game opens up in the center and the Eye of Sauron peeks out at you, uh, and then it unironically starts rapping, and I'll be like, yeah, that, yeah, they probably do that, don't oh, they? Oh no, but, like, yeah. uh, okay, I'm gonna be honest. Oh, we were just, we were just, we, we were just, we were just making up, you know, plots for for the Bad Rats dating set. Yeah, like, I'm gonna be honest, I've been fucking with you guys, Bad Rats is just the fucking opening to Planescape Tournament 2. <laughs> They've they've just made up bad. Yeah, it's actually it's exist. all just been it's something of a myth. It's just been like a official hive mind hallucination. It's the new Sonic type. Yeah, Sonic Boom Two. Sonic and the Bad Rats. <laughs> now that I've said that, I wish I had not said that. It's too real. Oh, Someone's right. going to draw that. Please let someone draw that. Well, here's my question. <laughs> I'm going to draw you. that now. Here's my question for you. All right, we have this icon of the 90s -hmm. that was always in the shadow of other better media and very much tried to be cool without ever understanding what made it cool. If the next thing out of your mouth is a Fred Durst joke, I'm not punching you. No, it's a Bubsy joke. Sort of. (laughs) Is it possible Bubsy is in fact one of the bad rats trying to blend in? Uh, Bubsy might be the cat. Yeah, Bubsy might be the cat. Don't forget, the bad rats are trying to just murder a fucking cat, like every level. (laughs) <laughs> I had a rat when I was growing up. Was it bad? He never killed a cat. Well, he clearly wasn't a very good bad rat. He mostly sat on my shoulder and made people go, Ew, you have a rat! Does your microwave yeah. have a cat setting? People are sissies. D- does your microwave have a cat setting? No. Radio. My microwave doesn't have any settings. It's very primitive. <laughs> the microwave in bad rats does have a cat setting, which is probably the funniest joke in the game. <laughs> <laughs> This is high-grade stuff. So what we're saying is Bad Rats has about as many good jokes as Destiny. Please. Bad Rats has as many good jokes as we do. Do not not lie to them. (laughs) Bad Rats does not have any... one joke is Bad Rats. Bad Rats does not have any jokes. It is a tragedy. It is a drama. It's the Breaking Bad of video games. (laughs) In that it would never have to happen in a civilized country. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just, I just want to see Walter White right now. <laughs> oh, I, I am sure that I can that find you Walter wonderful. White furries in a heartbeat. Yes, probably not rats. I don't know. Hope he's googling this right now. Hopefully, our fan base Let's can come through. <laughs> Holy shit balls! Okay, it's Holy not furries. Shit! It's it appears to be people who have dressed up their rats in Walter White costumes. It's a taxidermied rat dressed as Walter White. <laughs> <laughs> Future friend, we found your new avatar. Good. <laughs> yes, that will make him seem less like a furry. <laughs> it's from crappytaxidermy.com. <laughs> well, I don't think we're topping that. I think it's probably time we wrap the show up. All right. That's a website. <laughs> and do our best to try and hide our tracks from the authorities. <laughs> Listen, I, I kill rats for looking and dress them up as Breaking Bad characters. <laughs> Okay, so... 
I, I'm receiving the cutoff signal that says this is the end for this week's downloadable concept podcast. Possibly the rest of them. <laughs> so, that's been Talon. That's been Jeb. And that's been Fox. And this has been our special guest, Future Friend SA. Yeah, and that's been Choco Decester, only anime podcast. Listen to it now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for coming along. Thank you very much for sharing about Bad Rats, and maybe now we've got this out of our system. <laughs> Join us next week, when this will not be out of our system. <laughs> <laughs>